You're listening to Talking Taiwan with your host, Felicia Lin. During the Talking Taiwan election tour, we plan to host two in-person events for our guests, supporters, and friends. The first event was held on January 19th at 4SC CrossFit's Xinjiang branch in New Taipei, thanks to THC, who's been a guest on Talking Taiwan several times. In fact, episode 234 with TH is one of the top five episodes of 2023. We had a chance to meet some of our past guests in person for the very first time. We started off talking to J.D. Chang from episode 80 about crushing the myth. What have you been up to since the last time we had you on the podcast? Wow, uh, I am now in Taiwan. Yeah. And I think when we talked on the podcast, was right around, I mean, it must have been COVID times. Yes. Probably like a few years ago. Yeah. We did an episode about like uh, the whole like quarantine mm-hmm. procedure and mm-hmm. we actually took a sound bite from you for okay. that episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very cool. Yeah. But we we were talked about uh, crushing the myth and all that when yeah. we last spoke to you. Yeah, crushing the myth. Uh, now I'm, I'm, I'm in Taiwan now. Uh, I'm married. Yeah, so, congratulations. I uh, got married last year. I've been married for about a year. Uh, it's great. Uh, my, my wife and I are settled here in Taipei. Mm-hmm. Uh, we live in, uh, Qingpu, which is near the airport. Yeah. So for anybody coming to Taiwan, you know, happy to grab some coffee in and out of, in yeah, and out of yeah, your yeah. trip to, uh, uh, Taiwan yeah, International. Yeah, international yeah. airport. Yeah. So doing that, um, and then just kind of going back to the U S for small trips. Yeah. So. And what's going on with crushing the myth? <laughs> I have Crush- to ask. Yeah, I mean, so you know, when when I did cru- when I started crushing the myth was right back when Crazy Rich Asians yes. had started, and we did ten live events in L.A. and New York, and then during COVID we also had some speakers yes. online. So overall, we had like a hundred plus speakers. Yeah, and uh, you know, m- part of my motivation for crushing the myth was sharing my own personal Asian American mm-hmm. story, mm-hmm. but also seeing how Asian Americans, you know, lived, progressed, or what just lived life in the U.S. What I was saying back then was my greatest kind of, you know, hope was to do like an Asian American South by Southwest. Yeah. And back in like 2018, 2019, you know, a lot of people were like, wow, that's great. You know, yeah. like, that's fantastic. And, you know, it gives me a, um, just a lot of, like, pleasure to see that that's starting to happen, mm-hmm. even though I, I don't think crushing a myth is part of that process. Right. Because, frankly speaking, I'm in Taiwan now. Uh, but, like, you look at uh, Unforgettable, um, Asian Hustle Network. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of yeah. events, Asian yeah. American yeah, based. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The food markets. There, so there's a lot of things happening in the U.S. Right that I think are fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, if I, you know, if we were in the U.S. and we, we don't have plans to move back uh, in the near, near, near future. Okay. But if we, you know, have a family and raise kids, then we'll probably, you know, kind of have do back and forth or sure, something. Sure, sure. So if we were in the U.S., I would be loving to go to all of them. Yeah, um, yeah. But anyway, so to answer your question, crushing the myth... Well, for now, uh, it's kind of on hiatus, Okay, I would say. 
Uh, and now I still have the the passion for Asian American um, culture and lifestyle. Yes. Um, but uh, I think other people are really taking that to the next level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, great. Yeah, well, we'll have you, we'll consider having you on because you're doing a lot of interesting things. We'll like have you on for a full episode at a future date. It's so good to see both of you. Like one live, yeah. right? And yes. two, you know, thank you for uh, all of that time that we were on crushing the myth and even helping like we were trying to figure out the podcast on yeah. crushing the myth i remember that yeah, so yeah, yeah. thank you guys for uh doing all of that and it's it's really cool to see you co- progress with the podcast yeah um you know and in the future right like i think one of the things oh so actually wrapping up for crushing the myth that experience was the asian american experience yes now where i probably am personally in life is the kind of Taiwanese in Taiwan experience. And a little bit deeper into that, like my company now in Taiwan, uh, we have local Taiwanese clients, right? So I pitch, uh, like my wife is Taiwanese, so Mandarin is getting a lot better. And so I think my personal just journey is how does somebody like a Taiwanese ABC Uh, now nowadays live in Taiwan. Yeah, yeah. So uh, if there's any interest in that... I think so, definitely. Then, yeah, I'd be happy definitely. to talk about any yeah, of that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But definitely kudos and congratulations to the both of you. Thank you. So good to finally meet you in person. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. Good to see you. Next up was John Eastwood, who talked about legal reforms needed in Taiwan in episode 203. But it's so great to see you and meet you finally in person yeah yeah it's like uh especially when you've like uh, communicated over a yeah, long yeah, period yeah, of time yeah, with yeah. somebody yeah. uh you feel like you're meeting a movie star or something like that when when you finally you know oh no uh, don't get, say you that get to, yeah you know it, it's uh you know after all the emails or messages and everything else like that it's really great yeah, pleasure to see you yeah, so, yeah. you know this uh studio space is uh is is fabulous Thank you. I know that you always have a lot of interesting thoughts, and we were talking a little bit earlier about the election that happened here, the presidential legislative election. You want to share any thoughts about that? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, of course, like, you know, the big winner, people are going to say this a million times, the big winner is democracy. And, you know, when, when Taiwan holds a, a safe and secure election, my um, my wife, of course, you know, I think it's great that she's had a chance to share um, her voting experience with the kids when she's mm-hmm. gone to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but here in Taiwan, I think that as a lawyer, uh, I, I look very much at the, you know, the stability of uh, Taiwan's government. I look at the, um, you know, the safe transfer of power. I see the speed with which uh, the losing uh, presidential candidates were willing to give gracious uh, concessions. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it, it really warms my heart. Yeah, you know, it's really interesting because I've actually been in Taiwan for a lot of different elections. I remember, like, what happened when Chen Zipay, like, uh, was elected. And then there was, like, you know, when on the eve of the election, uh, there was the assassination attempt. And they were calling for the recounting of the ballots and then the, all the protests and all this. And, like, this is the first time that Kaju has been here for the election. And after the results were announced, he was like... Oh, so boring. What the heck? <laughs> but that's a sign of the maturity of the democracy, I suppose. Yeah, yeah in 2004, I mean, I was here then and they had, uh, you know, this uh, 
um, you know, of course, huge protests over by Ketagalan Boulevard yeah. and, um, you know, all these folks were getting their biendongs handed out and, mm -hmm. and these big, you know, it was so organized. It was so fascinating to see. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, of course, in those days, uh, Guomindang headquarters, the KMT headquarters uh, was right there. Right there, yeah, facing yeah. onto the Dongmen, the yeah. Eastern Gate, yeah. and the presidential office, and it was the um, the wealthiest party, political party in the world back then, yeah. in terms of the assets it had and everything mm -hmm. else. And its mm -hmm. fortune, fortunes have changed. Um, the legislative UN result is more ambiguous, mm -hmm. um, and. So, you know, there was, uh, you know, you, you have the current situation with 51 seats for the Kuomintang, you have 50 for the DPP. Um, yeah, know, 51 eight. for DPP, 52 for Kuomintang. Ah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then 10, uh, it's like the, like, the 10 like remaining ones, you know. TPP, I think. Yeah, yeah so yeah. eight for the TPP plus two independents. And <clears> it's like, uh, you know, I, I don't know what they're going to, you know, I hope that they will cooperate. I hope that they'll find mm -hmm, a pathway forward. Mm -hmm. Um and I think normally, with the exception of the cross-strait issue, um, generally speaking, the two major Taiwan parties, and now there's a third one coming up, uh, haven't been very ideological, mm -hmm. with the exception of the cross-strait issue. But mm -hmm. they, you know, I think they they have an important role in in you know encouraging the stability and encouraging the um, you know the the security of the Taiwan people. Right. And since you mentioned the cross-strait agreement, I think it's interesting because the KMT and the TPP said they were pushing for some kind of a version of that to try to get that passed again. And I think the fact that people uh, voted for the DPP again shows that they don't want that. I mean, honestly, like, I think, uh, you know, we saw with the course of the Sunflower Movement, you know, back in the Mai administration, um, people viscerally... Yeah, worried about mm -hmm. that about the uh, the the growth of the ECFA agreements, mm -hmm. and I think Mind Joe, I think really jumped the shark with you know the final statements before they kind of yanked him off the stage. Uh, it, it, effectively speaking, uh, um, I think they had him out there maybe a bit too much, mm -hmm. um, and I mean I. You know, one way or another, I mean, like, you know, of course, I, I've met uh, Ko before uh, when he was mayor. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Mai met a bunch of times as, uh, you know, as mayor, uh, a couple of times as president. Mm -hmm. And then uh, you have um, Hoyoi, who I had known in his context as a police officer, not as a politician. Okay, yeah. Um, and, you know, me going to uh, police events. Um, <laughs> you know, when they had inter international delegations and mm -hmm. things like that. But, like... Mm -hmm. uh, you know, actually, I, I I do think that all three of the presidential candidates, no, nobody was a nobody was a disaster. Nobody was a terrible person. Nobody is like mm. you know the, um, but um, yeah. I mean, like I think I think the politically speaking, I think the KMT probably tried to push too much um, hard blue onto the Ho campaign mm -hmm. when. Taiwan is not a hard blue nation anymore. Um, and I remember going to a Shindong event mm -hmm. when I was brand new into Taiwan. Mm -hmm. And I remember like, you know, looking around the room and everybody was like, you know, 90 years old. Mm -hmm. And there were all these, you know, guys, it's kind of a disappearing demographic. Mm -hmm.
And I think there's a lot of people who have business interests and they've got some element of goodwill towards China and uh, doing, you know, doing trade with China, doing something that's productive. Um, but as far as, you know, the idea of jumping into reunification, um, like, I, I think that's just a, that's a gone demographic. Mm-hmm. So um, let's talk about something a little bit later. What have you been up to since the last time we had you on? I'm trying to think it's been like, what, at least two years or more? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anything new that, like that you want to talk about? Sure. I mean, you know, one of the interesting things that we've been seeing a lot in the office, um, you know, I, working as a lawyer, um, we do an awful lot of different kinds of, we're a full service firm, so we do like a wide variety of stuff. But one of the things that I've seen a lot of lately is investigations. So companies, maybe they, they couldn't travel to Taiwan because of the pandemic. Right. And so now there's a lot of catch up where people have suspected that something terrible was happening. Um, and now they're like sending people over to to look into it. And that mm-hmm. that ranges across financial malfeasance to sexual harassment through to other things. And I found that, you know, the you know, the willingness of companies, especially in the Me Too movement um, era that we're in now is, uh, you know, it, it's a bit refreshing because it's good to see um, companies are getting quite sophisticated in their approach to um, issues of, of discrimination and uh, inappropriate behavior in the workplace. And uh, I guess, you know, what, if there's like, you know, a big lesson for a lot of folks, it would be, you know, um, every email, every line message, every WhatsApp message, you know, there's always going to be two copies of that. There's going to be the mm-hmm. one you sent. And there's mm-hmm. going to be the one that the recipient got mm-hmm. and or maybe even a group of people. Um, and there's some really terrible things that people send um, via these kind of messages. And, and especially in a cross-cultural environment, mm-hmm. um, you sometimes have these situations that will erupt where there's like, there'll be, you know, eight people that are, you know, uh, all from different countries working together in a mm-hmm. company. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like the way that one person will hear something that somebody said uh, based on their language skills and their cultural background will come off very differently than someone yes. from a different culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think, you know... Um, <clears throat> so you maybe know, what's come out of the Me Too movement is people are more aware of these things and what they say publicly or through line or different apps, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, there, there's... I think in the last uh, couple of years, there's uh, there's a lot of senior executives that we... Working with clients, we've had to, um, you know, assist them with terminating um, senior executives who were just, you know, behaving atrociously. Mm. Uh, but I also take great hope from a couple of the ones where we managed to save their careers, where we were able to exonerate them, where um, there truly had been a misunderstanding. Okay. And in some cases, it was a matter of like, you know, saying like, you know, you, this person maybe needs to improve their communication skills. But no, there was no evil intent in what they... Right. There was not that evil intent. You know, maybe they yeah. were like, they're kidding their coworker. Right, or, right. or um, you know, in one of the cases, clearly the um, the complainant had misrepresented the, uh, you know, the messages. And once we saw the full context, it would be like the kind of thing where uh, an employee, you know, says, oh, uh, my boss invited me to have an intimate dinner in his home. Mm-hmm. And then you find out it wasn't an intimate dinner. Like, sure enough, like, ex- like you know, 
10 days later, you were there with the entire department at the boss's <laughs> home. You knew that this was actually a group activity. You knew that there was nothing untoward, but you tried to characterize it as that. And it's, oh. so if you see like, sometimes you can, you know, you will see it's important for the integrity of the Me Too movement. It's important that, uh, that these cases are investigated correctly. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if the person's guilty, of course they're guilty. But mm-hmm. if they're if they're innocent, you know, you have to acknowledge that. You can't just let it be like that. This is a, becomes a shorthand for destroying people's lives and careers. Right. We're definitely going to have to have you back on to have a fuller episode and talk about some things um, like maybe some legal developments in Taiwan and what you're working on. Yeah. Well, I think you know Taiwan's you know come a long way in this, and you know certainly when I came to Taiwan, mm-hmm. you know, twenty three years ago, yes. there, there was. You know, there used to be a lot of really, like, the environment was very different from where I had with the U.S. So there would be a lot of inappropriate emails or, mm-hmm. um, like, uh, people would email porn or people would send mm-hmm. out, like, racist cartoons mm-hmm. to each other. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like, and I think there's, uh, you know, like, Taiwan has internationalized so, so much mm-hmm. in the time that I've been here. And the expectations um, for Taiwan people... Um, you know, are very much uh, in line with with international norms, and it's it's very it's very nice to see. It's very refreshing. Yeah, yeah, to see the the progress and the evolution for sure. We also talked about the election results in Taiwan's legislature that had the Kuomintang with fifty two seats, the Democratic Progressive Party with fifty one seats, and the Taiwan People's Party with eight seats. Two seats ended up going to independents. Yeah, I mean, like you know, if if the DPP and the KMT can't get along, of course the you know TPP are going to become, um, you know, and they may already be slipping into that role as to to become kingmakers or to be the ones who are like the deciding vote um, for you know the ones who pull things together uh, for either side. And I think a lot of people are certainly looking at the TPP as a as an up and coming party mm-hmm. that may become the. Um, you know, that be- maybe become the next number two party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it's they're they're in a very powerful position for a small group. Um, and eight people is a lot when you have such a finely balanced, uh, you know, e- each side, KMT and DP people have a minority. John shared his thoughts on Koenze, the Taiwan People's Party, TPP candidate, and how he's managed to attract younger voters. Yeah, I think he's perceived also as more independent, which is one of the things that made him mm-hmm. a good mayor because mm-hmm. he wasn't from one of the big parties. Mm-hmm. And if he has youth on his side, now that's also realizing there's two sides of this. It's like, you know, if you have a party that has all the old people and they die off or get ill and don't go vote, mm-hmm. then you're going to lose elections. Mm-hmm. If you have the young people, that's another thing. But also, just keeping in mind that the demographics in Taiwan, the birth rate has been low for quite a while. Right. It's not quite like the same as in countries where, uh, like uh, Vietnam and a few other places, have extraordinary uh, youth populations. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like, you know, there's a bit more energy there. I remember once talking with a couple of people from the KMT after the previous presidential election, and I, you know, was saying a very universal problem that every Taiwanese family mm-hmm. faces is elder fraud is the whole thing of people mm-hmm. you know just the fact that the legal system here is really terrible about dealing with um uh people who 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 steal the money away from 
older relatives right. and, you know, take the chop stamps and slap those mm-hmm. down onto mm-hmm. a bunch of things, transfer the apartment mm-hmm. to themselves. Mm-hmm. There's always a black sheep, mm-hmm. uh, somebody who's the, the terrible person in the family who does this kind of thing. There's people outside the family, there's fo- folks who get on the phones, gangsters and other folks who do mm-hmm. these things where they cheat old people of their life savings. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I told this to the KMT uh, guys. I said, you know, you should think this should be actually a, a very universal issue. And then they said, well, you know, we already have a reputation for being the party of old people. And I was like, yeah, but like, who's going to inherit, you know? Mm. I mean, if your grandma and your parents, you know, like if you're a young person and everybody who earned everything above you, you know, bank account, apartments, investments, and everything, if, if those are the relatives that have nothing to pass to you because every penny has been stolen away by somebody. Come on, that's a young person's yeah, issue. Yeah, yeah, that's true. The subject of Bi Kim Shao, Taiwan's former ambassador to the U.S. and now vice president-elect, also came up. She was a very effective ambassador, and I think, um, you know, she has a lot of capability to... Uh, some vice presidents just kind of disappear off into the woodwork, mm-hmm. and they, you know, nobody pays attention to them. But I think... Uh, 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 Bikram Shao has has a great opportunity to you know, to be more, mm-hmm. um, and you know certainly like this is uh, you know between her language abilities, um, her experience in Washington, um, I think she has uh, th- she has a real chance to to affect policy. And this is a, you know, this is a, you know, uh, this will probably make her one of the most powerful and most unique uh, vice presidents uh, Taiwan has ever had. Here's what John thought would be some of the challenges that B. Kim Shao might face in the role of vice president. Mm-hmm. She won't be able to, like, you know, hop on a plane so easily to go to places anymore. Um, you know, there she was in Washington, mm-hmm. D.C. I think it'll be difficult for her as vice in the mm-hmm. role as vice mm-hmm. president to travel as much internationally. That said, I think there's an awful lot of people that she uh, would be very good at, you know, she also, I think, has a Rolodex at this point. She has a black book of, um, you know, of people that she can contact Mm -hmm. more on on Mm -hmm. an informal Mm -hmm. basis. Mm -hmm. And I think her experience outside will help her in terms of shaping how Taiwan approaches the rest of the world, you know, ranging across a wide variety of fields uh, in terms of how Taiwan sells its message. Mm-hmm. And then I think domestically, um, you know, she will probably strike many Taiwanese. I mean, you know, um, she's young, very smart, um, uh, very uh, well-spoken, whether in Chinese or in, uh, or in English. Mm-hmm. And her ability to communicate domestically and with the international community within Taiwan, but also, uh, you know, just even domestically. I think uh, she will be a very interesting figure, uh, you know, for Taiwan, for the Taiwanese population. Right. Essentially, as the Taiwan ambassador to the U.S., uh, she was parked right there in the corridors of power. She was able to be around a lot of people that she's not going to see. She's not going to see them as vice president she's not going to be able to she'll she can pick up the phone she can talk to people but it'll be much more informal and i think that's the soft power that she's going to be able to she's actually really good at the soft power i have Mm -hmm. to say Mm -hmm. uh china's wolf warrior diplomacy was like i think has has hurt china uh tremendously 
and I'm not saying that as an American. I'm I'm just saying like as a person who wants, who you know, folks to do well and do good. I think it, it's just it's incredibly damaging what they've done with their version of diplomacy. Mm. Um, her cat diplomacy was brilliant, and I think she has a good touch for these things. She's got a good a good personality and a good heart, and she has the ability to get uh, to to make a lot more out of the vice presidential role. Legally speaking, um, there's a lot that, you know, the limitations on the vice presidential role legally, I think, don't matter as much as her ability through soft power to reach a lot of people that Taiwan couldn't reach before. And she's a very compelling, uh, you know, vice presidential figure. She's not going to be a mere figurehead. She can... um, she can be a person who people turn to and ask, what do you think? And she's going to really have an answer. I, I think one of the, the dumbest things that, um, I mean, it, it was a disappointing thing. Yes. I mean, I'm actually like, when, it was a disappointing thing when the, uh, when uh, in the midst of the presidential race, when uh, I think it was like Zhao, um, Zhao he, he was trying to go after her for her. Anytime, anytime it was raised about her ethnicity, I mm-hmm. think about my own children mm-hmm. uh, who were, um, you know, my my own children are mixed, um, and you know, to try to raise that as some as a you know the fact that she had an American parent as as if it's some sort of negative, mm-hmm. or the place of her birth as if, as if it's some sort of a negative, uh, mm-hmm. I, I think you know is silly and crazy. Um, you know, it's it's uh, you know I want. My my children, my my own children. I don't consider them to be half American and half uh, Taiwanese. My children are not half anything. No, my children are both fully American and fully Taiwanese. And uh, Beacom Shao is fully Taiwanese, but has a unique background that she brings to the game. Yeah, and I think it's uh, more important to look at the capabilities and the proven track record. Of anyone who's running for office, for sure. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing your insights, and we hope to bring you back for a full episode at a later date. Oh, it was a great pleasure, of course, and it's uh, such a, uh, so wonderful to see you guys in person, live. Yeah, 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 finally. <laughs> okay, so yes, Jerome Keating, here we are finally in person in Taipei. Uh, oh, now, always glad to see you guys. Yeah, you know, yeah Always yeah. good to have you back. Yeah, definitely. And um, I understand that this is the first time that you are able to vote in the election here in Taiwan, right? Well, I voted in the city elections two oh, okay. years ago, okay. but this is the first time in the presidential elections, right? Yeah, yeah. So I, this one, in a way, was more important, if you could call it that. The, yeah, yeah, for sure. So any observations about anything leading up to election and like now that we know the results? Well, uh, I my feeling is the elections were run very well. They went very quick. Of course, we only had three basic choices. Uh, but, you know, I think other countries could learn from Taiwan how to run their elections because mm-hmm. you have a quick way of checking you off when you come in. You have your ID card and they have all the records there. So it does uh, goes quite well. I, I think the one thing I've heard some people complain about is that 
in Taiwan, you cannot do absentee ballots. And there's a good side to that and a bad side to that. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts? Do you have any insight on why that is? Or what? You, or maybe as you allude to, what do you think is the good well, upside I mean, and downside the, of that? The, the good side about it is that they, you know, they really know everyone. And you know, kind of, there's very little chance to have any ballot stuffing or any fakes or anything. I and mean, the bad side is that, or the downside is that some people, you you know, if they want to vote, they got to come from the U.S. and make a, a trip over. Or even if you live in Kaohsiung and you work in Taipei, you've got to go down there to vote. In another way, though, you know, I look on it, Taiwan has 23 million people. And for the U.S., the I think there are only two states mm-hmm. that have a larger population than Taiwan. Right. So most states could learn to do what you know Taiwan does. If you look on Taiwan as a state, as a state in the U.S., and uh, could handle it quite handily. Mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. That would be my impression that they could learn from Taiwan, you know. And Taiwan has only been doing voting since really '92 for the legislature and '96 for the president. Right, right, right. So, what are your thoughts on the outcome? Uh, we know that Lai got uh, elected by forty percent, and then we have the. Uh, KMT that was like thirty something, and TPP that was uh, twenty nine. Well, I'm, I of course I had that piece in today's Taipei yes. Times, uh, and I can just kind of briefly go through that. That uh, I obviously was very happy to see Lai win the presidency. Uh, disappointing that they don't have a majority in the Li Fayan. Mm-hmm. Uh, the it was satisfying in the sense that despite all of China's bullying and trying to twist the election this way, China did not have that much of an impact on the election. Mm-hmm. The people voted the way they wanted to vote it. Kopi, mm-hmm. you know, with the TPP party, they had a very respectable showing. But as I also mentioned in the article that as a third party, I do not think that they will last beyond the next presidential election because the the party is mainly co, and all their legislators, they have eight now, done by the party vote. They have no district legislators. They have no real people at ground level, so... This is the story of third parties in Taiwan, that they rise to meet a need, they express it, but then when that need passes, or they have infighting among them for leadership, uh, the party falls apart. So, they... So so it doesn't seem you think that they have enough talent to sustain or build this party? Yeah, I know this year 
the big thing that I think the important thing they're, or the influence they will have is that they are needed to help people who will be the speaker yes. of the legislature. Yes. You know, whoever they have to team up with either the DPP or the KMT. Yeah. So whoever they team up with, they can in a way bargain with mm -hmm. and that. Mm -hmm. You know, so they have that influence, mm -hmm. but that's all. So it's it's going to be some interesting horse trading yeah. as to what they would like to see accomplished mm -hmm. and who would go better with them mm -hmm. in accomplishing that whether it's the KMT or the DPP. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because there seems like there's some bad blood because the unity ticket fell apart. So, I don't know, it's hard to predict whether or not they'll they'll like support most more so the KMT pick for the for the speaker or the DPP pick for the speaker, yeah. Right. Yeah. So mm -hmm. that's that's going to be it, you know, and that will play out in the next couple of months because they they don't really take office and think it's May 20. Yes. So they've got about at least two, three months to bargain and discuss. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we'll, we'll give you this, we'll want this, and go forth. The, uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm not even going to venture into that deal. I'll let, <laughs> sure. them, I'll let, let yeah. anyone else do that, yeah. you know, if they want. The, yeah. But that's... That's where I, you know, where I feel. So I, I feel, yeah. So happy with lie, you know, unhappy with the that they d don't have, because this is also the first time in sixteen years that the party with the presidency has not had a majority yes. in the legislature. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that's got to be a factor. But you know they done with worse when Chen Shui Bian was president he faced a much more difficult situation against the Pan Blue Alliance mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. whereas this one the TPP is middle of the road Jerome shared his thoughts on B. Kim Shao as vice president mm -hmm. she's got the experience there she also has the experience of being, having been a legislator herself so she's been on all sides of the fence. Uh, I think she's a great person, and I think she's very capable. So I feel that I, I don't know anything about their personal relationship, but if I were Lai, I would give her free reign. Mm -hmm. you know, I would encourage her, because then she can do a lot of things for him, and he can focus on other things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. it seems that the challenge would be that um, since Taiwan only has 12 or so diplomatic allies, that she would be a little bit more limited in how she can represent Taiwan internationally. That's a yeah, question. Yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, when you look at it, all the other vice presidents in the past have never had all that great, you know, diversity of experience. Mm -hmm. Whereas she can bring a lot more to the table. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And therefore, she can contribute a lot more. You know, even, you know, Chen Shui Bian and Nanette Liu was a, you know, great person and mm -hmm. had her own ideas and all that. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, B. Kim has all this diverse experience. Mm -hmm. 
And so she brings a lot more to the table. And now for a short break. Talking Taiwan is the longest running Taiwan related podcast and currently the only independently produced Taiwanese American English language podcast in the world that covers political news related to Taiwan. And we're getting ready to take the show on the road back to Taiwan in January to cover Taiwan's presidential election and to interview some special guests while we're there. We're calling it the Talking Taiwan Election Tour and we'd like to thank all of our generous donors and supporters who have helped us to reach our first fundraising goal of $5,000, which will be doubled to $10,000 by Patrick Huang. This means that we are nearly halfway to reaching our overall fundraising goal of $25,000. We'll be working with seasoned political commentator Courtney Donovan-Smith, who will be sharing his analysis of Taiwan's presidential candidate debate. In fact, that will be our first episode of the new year. In January, we'll be headed to Taiwan, where we'll be meeting with Courtney in Taichung for some pre-election coverage. And then, of course, there will also be a post-election discussion episode. There's still time for you to support the Talking Taiwan election tour. Help us get the show on the road by making a contribution to our GoFundMe campaign or at TalkingTaiwan.com forward slash support. We thank you for your support. You make what we do possible. And if I were Lai, you know, I would give her a lot of free reign. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I would, you know, talk with her and say, I'd like mm -hmm. you to handle this mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. you'd like you mm -hmm. to take care of this. Mm -hmm. And that would then free him up to focus on other things. Right. right. Well, it, I, I guess like the complication is that um, wh how direct uh, channels of communication she has with uh, even Washington now, because... We know that the relationship between Taiwan and the U.S. is kind of complicated. And when she was the ambassador, she probably had more direct uh, communications and uh, dealings I, with people. I disagree with that. I mm -hmm. a lot, you know, when you look mm -hmm. at people's choice of vice mm -hmm. president, mm -hmm. the uh, I'm going to go back to the U.S. and um, when Kennedy had Lyndon Johnson as mm -hmm. vice president. Mm -hmm. One of the good things that you know, that Kennedy Bennett had benefited from that was Lyndon Johnson knew how to work the Senate and the House, mm. and that gave Kennedy a lot of you know freedom. And so a lot depends on the relationship of the president and the vice president. If if they see themselves as working as a team. Mm -hmm. Or if they see themselves as competitive mm -hmm. or working towards mm -hmm. different ends. Mm -hmm. uh, so I don't know that much about the relationship between Lai and Shao. But uh, if I were Lai, I would give her a lot of free reign because mm -hmm. that would save him a lot of troubles. You know, what? that's in a way one of Lai's weaker points is that you know, Shao speaks English very well. Mm -hmm. She's already had this experience internationally. So that's that's a big plus. So my vote would be, or my advice to lie would be, give her reign and the things that she's good at, and then you can focus on the mm -hmm. things that you mm -hmm. 
you know, need to take care of. Right, right. She was also a breakfast club speaker, by the way. Oh, yes, that's right, that's right. <laughs> I have yeah. my picture with her. Yeah, the, uh, what did she, what was her, I, actually, what was her role then, and what did she speak about? At, at that time, I asked her to explain to the group what goes on in the Lethal Yen. Yes. So it was a great chance for the breakfast club to find out, get a real someone in the leaf and saying, okay, this is how we work, this is how we do, what questions do you have? Mm-hmm. You Can know, you share so. some of the things that you, sh- uh, like some highlights of what she said then? Do you remember anything from when she was at the breakfast club? Well, I think, you know, and the big thing was that she helped give you insight into the inner workings and the power struggles, mm-hmm, the things, mm-hmm, the deals you mm-hmm, might have to mm-hmm, make, mm-hmm. the alliances you have to make, yeah, the uh, right. the some of the demands of party loyalty. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, some things you may not quite be there for, but you got to vote for on party loyalty. Right, so, right. Mm-hmm. a lot of different things yeah, in that vein. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Jerome explained why he wrote in his recent Taipei Times article that he doesn't expect the TPP, the Taiwan People's Party, to survive to the next presidential election in 2028. You know, the PFP. Okay. James Sung, Mm -hmm. you know, when he had the PFP, he had many more seats in the Li Fa-Yen than the TPP. Okay. The TPP has no district elected people. They're totally dependent on Mm -hmm. party vote. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And party vote is a separate thing. In the last party vote, if you compare 2020 and 24, the DPP has increased its party vote by about 150,000. The KMT increased its party vote by about 60,000. So the party vote that the TPP got was party vote given to other third parties. <laughs> And that can easily be go with the need. And they have no, you know, Kopi, what's he going to do? Is he going to run again? No, he could, I guess. But uh, what's he going to do in the meantime? Jerome also shared his thoughts on the younger voting demographic that Koenja attracted. In four years, they'll be older and wiser. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, they we will be... So. Right now, you know, one of their issues is that they, uh, what would I say, you know, they they don't have any experience or they're they're worse than the strawberry generation Mm. in the sense of, you know, how the strawberry generation Mm -hmm. got that name because they didn't grow up under hard times. Mm -hmm. Uh, They were soft. They looked good, but they were soft. And these ones never knew the price that was paid for democracy. Right. So they're going to be older and wiser in world affairs. Mm-hmm. Now, they still have legitimate needs and what they see in like a... Uh, but it'll be more easy for the major parties to say, okay, we can meet those needs. You know, and and then they will take their votes. They'll get a candidate who will speak to those needs. Mm-hmm. And, and like one of the things I think if I were a young person, certainly, is <laughs> if I want to raise a family and buy a house, mm-hmm. it's yes. damn hard. Yeah, that was a major issue. 
the uh, you know it's really the housing hard. prices, yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I I think as I but I, to me the answer is they will be older and wiser in four years. They will have more experience mm-hmm. with the world, mm-hmm. more experience mm-hmm. with their jobs. Mm-hmm. There will be newer people, but Kopi himself. What's he going to do for four years? Talk and talk? James <laughs> Sung was much better skilled in all that. And Kopi, he also got the name of the chameleon. You know, he said, there's the blue and there's... Yeah. Uh, and I'm, we're white, but then he said, I'm really deep green at heart. In one of my commentaries, I said, you know, well, what color is he going to be when he talks to China? Is he going to talk red or yeah. is he, uh, yeah. you know... I, I, I think his day is done. To be honest with you, the uh, James Sung was a much more capable, competent person. The PFP was a real voice. I still want to know the story of why James Sung, and you know, between him and Lian Chan in two thousand four, mm-hmm. why James Sung ran as vice president. Mm. And Lian Chan, I want to know what kind of deal they made there. Yeah, that's interesting. Because he had more votes in 2000 than Lian Chan. Mm, Uh, mm. The natural choice would be he would run as president. Of course, Lian Chan would never want to be second again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So they... I don't know. There, there's a deal there that needs to be exposed. Uh huh. Yeah, that's interesting. Okay, anything else you want to share about what you've been up to? Or uh, anything? No, I, I, I kind of, I guess, say it's going to be an interesting four years yes. coming up. The, yes. uh, I, the one thing I do hope the KMT finally learns. They've got to get rid of the 1992 consensus. <laughs> you yeah. know. That is a dead horse. Yeah. You know, it's 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 a pariah. And anyone that says they believe it or favor it or anything, you know, anyone that knows the reality of the situation mm-hmm. knows it's bullshit, basically. <laughs> and yep. the people know it's bullshit. Yeah. And yet... Mine, Joe, keeps trying to say, because he's stuck on this paradigm of one China, yeah. and it's yeah. it's the only thing that he can cling to to keep mm-hmm. them together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And finally, at the end of the night, Kaju and I talked to T.A. Shi, who's been on Talking Taiwan several times, and who's one of the investors at 4SC CrossFit, where we held our January 19th event. Finally meeting you in person. I can't believe. I feel like I know you already. Yeah, yeah. I've had yeah, you yeah. on so many times, and your episodes are often the, the, the most popular episodes. Thanks. I yeah. love the show. I love the show. Yeah, guys. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been thank a you. very inspiring, you know, program out there. All right. Oh, thank you so much. Sure. Yeah. So you're, yeah. So what should we talk about? Like you're, you're talking about some of your hardcore members here. Oh yeah, there's yeah. one just ladies uh, doing uh, some hardcore CrossFit. Workout of the day, they call it what? Mm-hmm. While well, she's in her seventies right now, yeah. she does some like street military press. Well, not many people could do that. Yeah, seventy. Yeah, seventy. Oh, she's seventy, goodness. right? Grandma yeah, yeah, yeah. of someone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think yeah. So I think it's good to have a uh, you know build a culture. First, we have the platform, we have the space, and try to build a culture, support the community. 
by encouraging people to be strong, mm-hmm. right? That's well, uh, very smart to have her on your side in case there's an invasion. Mm, maybe, yeah. <laughs> ah, so maybe in case of natural disaster or an yes, yes, yes. Or, or, a, or, or something, you know, earthquake. Uh, any, that, that yeah, disaster. any in time of need. Yes, any yes. time of need. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yes, yeah. It's something we really need. Something we really need here. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So it's good to have uh, you guys here. You, you know, Felicia, share you to here as well. No, no, we thank you so much. Like you, like were one of the first people that heard when we were coming to Taiwan. You said you offered to uh, host an event yeah, for yeah. us, and we really, really Thanks. appreciate it. My, my that. pleasure, my pleasure. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what kind of like other things you have here? Because you also have events here, right? Yes, uh, yeah. I think uh, if it's about civil defense, I think we support other groups to host events here. Mm-hmm. So it could be uh, one book that just uh, coming out last month, a few mm-hmm. weeks ago. Mm-hmm. It's written by a Canadian author. Named John Groot, mm-hmm. and what well, that's the first guidebook exclusively focused on, you know, how to prepare when you are faced we are faced with a military conflict here in Taiwan mm-hmm. as an expat, mm-hmm. because uh maybe twenty like third Taiwan crisis back yes. in 1995, 1996, yeah. we got only around fifty thousand foreigners here, but now we have more than one million. Okay, it's not a small number of people. Yeah. Yeah. You need to address that part. Mm-hmm. But the government, I'm pretty sure, the government, well, hasn't figured out what to do with that mm. population. Yeah. So we started uh, from the grassroots, try to support the author. And now uh, the book, you know, writing the book is a, it's a long journey for, for John. Yes. So it took almost a year. Uh-huh. So we host the book launch event here. Oh, that's wonderful. So we get around maybe 60 people coming in. That's from different great. Fields. Yes. That's wonderful. It sounds like we should have him on as a guest. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I think he's I think, definitely one yeah. uh, very uh, authentic. Yes, he's been in Taiwan for twenty six or seven years already. Yeah, he wrote a few books on Taiwan. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. So he's definitely one guest author. You should consider. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Thank you for that. It's a beautiful space. RSC CrossFit. Yes, fine, but. Super impressive once you get it. Once you get it, yes, yes, it's, yes. it's like a paradise in the yes, urban yes, jungle. Yes, 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 a hidden yeah. gem. I think we're going to have to um, we'll take shoot, some, we should shoot some photos, some, right? Yeah, we'll, we'll to take some video of the... Yeah, we'll take some video of the downstairs and all that. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're into uh, learning how to get in, get in good shape yeah. with cross-training... Cross-training, yeah, and, that. Uh, Intensive internal interval trainings. Right. Uh, Even by guess year olds, yeah. twenty-five year olds. It yes. doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Oh. Yeah, yeah, and you said you have a physical therapist who comes yeah. here once. Yeah, week yeah. Or something too. And Wednesday yeah. night, right? Wednesday night. So it's not just about training. There's some recovery. Yes. In the phase of your training. Right. Yeah. So, so you need to train. You need to rest. You need to recover. You know. Yes. Right. Now, so I know you've been a fitness enthusiastic most of your life. Yeah. Uh, being in the Navy, yes, et cetera, right? Always trying to stay in shape and yes. succeeding at that. Um, and I think you mentioned that you're an investor yes. in this place. Yes. All right, which has to be a dream because if you've loved doing a certain yeah. thing like working out mm-hmm. and being fit, to own a gym or to be a part owner of a yeah. – more than a gym. This yeah. is not a gym. Mm-hmm. A- this is like – uh, it's a community. Like it is a, it's a facility. It's a community center. Right, right. It's, a, it's mm-hmm. more like a training center, community mm-hmm. center. Right. So, how yes. did you get the opportunity to become an investor in this fitness facility, which is amazing? 
And did you, or were you aware of this fitness facility before you became involved as an investor? Uh, yes, because I, I think it's, it's because when when COVID hit every one of us, mm-hmm. you know, you were you were home, right? Mm-hmm. You couldn't go out. Mm-hmm. But I live by a lake. Okay. So I could go there <laughs> and yeah. swim in the lake all the time uh, without getting, getting mm-hmm. you know, because we here in Taiwan, we had a COVID zero policy. Yes. So you had to wear masks all the time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I was swimming there. I was thinking about, well, the COVID hits. I don't know how long it will last. Mm-hmm. Or think about maybe I should make a change, a, a, you know, like a little bit detour out of my career path. Mm. So uh, because I know the area pretty well. Mm-hmm. So I started asking a few friends that whether you want to set up like a sport facility, mm. be it a gym mm. or whatever, mm-hmm. or just small, you know, fitness training room, right mm-hmm. here in Xinjiang. Mm-hmm. So I, it's a, it's, a, it's a dream that I had in my mind since I was a child. The oh. COVID was the point when I started making decisions that mm. I want to do this when mm-hmm. COVID, you know, went yeah, away, right? Yes. It goes away. Yes. yes. So that's how they get started. And because at that time, when COVID hits, uh, after a few years, uh, I think it's uh, COVID-2020, right? Mm-hmm. The war in Ukraine, it was uh, 2022. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, uh, I really need to do something fast. Yeah. So with a few support from other investors that I invited, we secured the contract. We looked for a place. We secured a contract, try to bring a CrossFit you know, training system because it's a pretty established system and their annual competition which is called CrossFit Games uh, have been supported by the US Army mm. for several years okay. so that kind of training is proven to be workable oh. uh, in you know in the military so why don't I just uh, you know you know yes use that uh, those that methodology yes yeah, yes yeah. you don't have to start from zero you're not yeah. that smart yeah <laughs> I'm not that smart as well <laughs> yes know your limitations Yes, yes. Know your limitations first. Yeah. So, yeah. for SC CrossFit, is it a franchise? It's a franchise here. Yes. So yeah. there are other four SC CrossFit. So yes. Taipei, Kaohsiung. No, not really that big. It's a, a, a the the original uh, gym is there in Yonghe, which is like a few kilometers away from here. Mm-hmm. So this is only the second one. Mm-hmm. So okay. the the brand was started uh, three years ago. So uh, we're actually. Uh, in the third year, no, third anniversary, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So basically, you got together three to five investors. Yes. And you were the spearhead of the, of yes. the group. Right. this was a dream of yours. Yes, I, I live here. I live in this district. I know mm-hmm. the place mm-hmm. pretty well. Mm-hmm. And given my background, because I, you know, I, I'm more like an amateur athlete. Mm-hmm. Others are like latecomers. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's just, uh, you know, I happen to be more senior than. Yeah, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, then you deserve to be in that place. Yes, yeah. And to yeah. lead the, uh, the less senior yes, yeah, members. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. To the promised land, so to speak. Yes, okay. uh, sort, of, sort of, sort of, sort of. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, 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 sort of, sort of. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. So, was this place built from scratch? Did you find the uh, location mm-hmm. and then brought in contractors and built this from ground zero? No, it's not really ground zero because it was a it, it was a part of a, a a campus that's been abandoned for long oh. enough. So it's a, it's mm. it's not decorated. Mm-hmm. It's 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 
pretty like a, a garbage place. <laughs> <laughs> garbage dump. Yes, yes. It's actually a recyc recycling station outside. Oh. Yes, it's it, that's. Real gar garbage oh, dumper. Oh what? wow! Yes. <laughs> so that wasn't a joke. <laughs> it wasn't a joke. It wasn't a joke, right? <laughs> so we figured out. Oh, this is a nice place. It's a big enough to accommodate a lot of mm. people. Uh, we got the business model. We got the brand. We got existing user base who live near this uh, new location. Mm. So we're not actually start from zero. So we take advantage of the building yeah yeah, but, yeah. yes yeah. and how yeah. long did it take to build this place three months the garbage dump oh. three months oh, three wow. months three wow. months and wow. you hired local contractors yes nice yeah, because yeah, i yeah. know some good local contracts oh, willing to... connections yeah connections <laughs> yeah connections experience pretty experienced they're willing to sacrifice their bad <laughs> profit <laughs> just to do just do something special because this could be put into their Portfolio. Yes. It's a, it's a different kind of gym mm. that they've supported yeah. to build. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So they wouldn't mind uh, giving us a huge discount. Yeah. Right? Oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. So the concept of F of four, four, uh, has the, four seasons. It's basically four, four seasons. seasons. Oh, yes. Okay. That, 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 that hotel. Oh, <laughs> 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 yeah. 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 Oh, good, oh good, yeah, good. Yeah. 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 All right. Oh, that's funny. So the concept was already in place. Yes. Of the type of cross training, yes. Um, the, the type of equipment that would be here, right? Yes. The type of programs that would be in place. Um, all it's of a, that was already in the handbook. It, yeah, it's like a natural extension of existing business out there. Mm -hmm. The first right. time, so you didn't have to come up with any new ideas. No, no, you no. Just no. basically took the handbook and built it according to the handbook. Yes, yeah. it's a bit like a franchisee. Yes, mm -hmm. it's a bit mm -hmm. like that. It's mm -hmm. a bit like that. Mm -hmm. nice. That's yeah, why yeah. We, could, we could get from zero to you know to a shiny new gym within three months. Yeah, but, but it, it took us a, a a few more months to officially open this place. Yes, I see. Yes. So I would imagine uh, being in interior design myself. Yes, in the U.S. years ago. Yes. <laughs> challenges, like for instance, True. obtaining work permits. Yes. Getting special permission. Yes. Getting land ordinances, all of this type of thing in Taiwan or the equivalent. So, can you explain what were the biggest challenges? For us, the biggest challenge is to find, to agree, because our landlord, which is the one, is the biggest car manufacturing oh. corporation group in Taiwan. Mm -hmm. They own this piece of land, they own this building. Mm. So uh, the hardest part, challenging part, is to meet their standards mm. because they're pretty established. Mm -hmm. uh, there are a lot of legal barriers to mm. overcome, right? Oh, you get wow. a lot of obtain a lot of licenses. That's tough. Yeah. If they're willing to support you, it's very fast. <clears throat> so right. it takes a lot of communication, internal yes. communication. So before we really started the uh, redesign, renovation, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, we engaged with them for like a, a year already. Mm. Ah, so so mm. it, it took way longer. Lots of wine. Yes. Oh uh, yes, yes. Yes. It's a year. The lead up. Then three months of uh, actual e execution. Yeah. Okay. Right. So okay. You hear boys and girls. <laughs> the secret to <laughs> successful business is to spend ninety percent of the time whining and dining the yeah, yeah. Lord, and ten percent of the time, the rest of the time, execution, building, 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 yeah, yeah, your plan. 
I I think that's probably based on my own experience because I I used to do a lot of startups. Sometimes、oh. we just、uh, go ahead, but then oh shit, <laughs> we don't have a business model. We do things first, but we don't know where's the market. Plan, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, so we have to all right、uh-huh. exit anyway. <laughs>、uh-huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that your experience like informed you. you yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. You learn from past failures, yeah, yeah, failures yeah, yeah, a lot yeah, of failures. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool.、Good. That is the key to success. The more I fail, the more I can succeed. Yeah. If you as long as you、there. learn, as long as you learn from <laughs> the failures, as long as you learn, yeah. Push to oblivion. Yeah.、Mm-hmm. As long as you're in one piece. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're a perfect man for、yeah. civil defense because you know how to defend yourself and and the others around you. Yeah, I try to support everyone. Yeah. As long as I can.、Mm-hmm. Yeah.、Mm-hmm. So.、Uh, yeah. We commend you on this incredible place. And you just wait to see what we do. Well, I have to thank I have to thank the community and a lot of the invest other investors、mm-hmm. who probably they don't have the time to you know to work out here.、Mm-hmm. <laughs> they、yeah. they have they have other things to do. But、um, I I have to say I thank them for supporting this place,、mm-hmm. right?、Mm-hmm. Because we align our interest. Everybody thinks this is a good thing to go.、Mm-hmm. It's a、mm-hmm. well sustained business.、Mm-hmm. At the same time, you could do some good stuff for the pub for. Public interest, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but you also bring in、um, some ancillary income,、uh, like this very room、yeah. you mentioned earlier is set up to be a podcast studio.、Uh, yes, so, so you rent this room out to podcasters.、Uh, it, it's more like like、uh, you know not professional podcaster like you guys, right? It's, it's <laughs>、oh, more like thank you. Thank you. <laughs> it's more like you know、uh, because we got a, a sizable university、uh, down there. Oh, and, okay. And Uh-huh. So their students could rent a room,、mm-hmm. try to you know mess around, right? Having、yeah. fun here, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes.、Okay. Is this the only room like this that you rent to podcasters? There's other rooms out there. Oh, okay. There. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah okay. It, it's it's about the same size. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I think I I think I think because、uh, we established kind of like, this is like an experiment. It's like、mm-hmm. a first step.、Mm-hmm. Uh, you secure a place, a bigger place. Now you could、uh, bring in the the training methodologies, and it works. Now I'm thinking about it this year, right? Starting、mm-hmm. from this year,、mm-hmm. because the, the gym is pretty stable right now.、Mm-hmm. It's getting momentum,、mm-hmm. and there are professionals running that, like、mm-hmm. professional coaches,、mm-hmm. trainers. I don't have to dive into data operations, so I'm trying to get kickstart an initiative by partnering with other gyms,、mm-hmm. not just here、mm-hmm. at Forest CrossFit.、Mm-hmm. It could be other gyms, similar gyms that are willing to support the training program and provide the training group program to new. Conscripts out there,、mm. because starting from this year, they'll be in the military for a year. Right. There's a new change. Right. Right. It used to be four months. So one year, uh, it's uh way tougher than before. Before、mm-hmm. it was summer camp.、Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Four months. Yeah. <laughs> four months is holiday. Yeah. yeah. Now yeah. one year, you know we. We'll roll out a program to train those new counselors. Oh, so that's interesting. So by supporting the government, you, yeah. So you can collaborate with the government and have, do some of the training here.、Uh, I think for us, we will we'll just、uh, roll out the program first, and to demonstrate that we're willing to support this, we're willing to do this. There's a market for that, and、uh, well, the government we could engage with the government after that. Yes.、Mm-hmm. So、mm-hmm. we were nothing about getting funds from the government, but of course we could collaborate, right?、Mm-hmm. But you have、mm-hmm. to show. That you are capable, yes, you're competitive with this,、yes. and it's not it's not just tied to one gym.、Mm-hmm. So it's something that you know, if you license 
the program, right? Yes, okay. You standardize the program.、Mm-hmm. You could roll out all nationwide,、mm. which、yeah. makes the thing scalable. Yes.、Yeah. Now, what's interesting is you mentioned there was an original for yes, yeah, yeah, in Yonghe, yes, right. Didn't they already have a a standard in place already? Yeah. So, so I'm a little confused. You're talking about advancing the standard. Well, because I have to do that because they already have the blueprint in place. Yeah, but but for for that 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 gym because it's a it's pretty much tied to a an old community out there. Yonghe, the district, maybe a lot of people are not familiar. It's the oldest、uh, <laughs> district in New Taipei by、okay. by the age of the residents,、mm-hmm. right? So、uh, their programs are, are more you know designed or leaning toward like seniors out there. Okay. But for us, because it's big, it's new, so we attract a lot of like law enforcement officers coming here,、mm. firefighters.、Mm. So that's a different groups of people, yes, sector of dem- people, different demographics.、Sure. Demographic, and then you're if you are. About the trend, the new conscript that are in the early twenties,、mm-hmm. right? So you have to start something new. For example, like tactical fitness—that's a professional term.、Mm-hmm. So you know how to, you know, put weight on your body and march.、Mm. You know how to cl- climb ropes. You、mm. know how to, yes,、mm. that kind of、mm. things, right?、Mm-hmm. So these are all being developed as we go along in real、yes. time. Yes, these new fitness regimens、yes. that you want to introduce. Yes. Mm-hmm. In、uh, 4SC, that's why、mm-hmm. I also invite like、uh, professional firefighters.、Mm-hmm. I don't if you see. I didn't notice that. Yeah, that's like you know. There's a. It's a. It. This is a T-shirt whereby、uh, the team from Taiwan、mm-hmm. they participated like、uh, in the World Police and Fire Games. Okay. Last year,、mm-hmm. so、uh, they they made a T-shirt and we bought them in you know try to support them. Yeah. yeah. Your marketing. <laughs> I'm trying to word the yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're covering the police, the fire department, yeah, the, yeah, 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 yeah So、mm-hmm. you need to have a you know you need to pass the CrossFit standard like level one、mm-hmm. coach, level two、mm-hmm. coach. That's easy because、mm-hmm. it's、uh, all you know from the US. <laughs> you need to take the test, right?、Mm-hmm. All right,、mm-hmm. you know somebody has been trained doing that for for long enough. The other part is like strength and conditioning.、Mm-hmm. So there's a different system that's、uh, started from、mm-hmm. Taiwan. It's、mm-hmm. called Monster Strength System.、Oh. Yes. So、uh, so, so we can climb rope.、Uh, then, like time them. No, they don't. That's that's the CrossFit gym. <laughs> so for the strength and condition, they do deadlift, powerlifting, that kind of thing. Weight、okay. Olympic weightlifting. Oh wow! Yes. So CrossFit is all about a lot of things, right? Climbing ropes, uh, uh, sandbag toes, right? Yeah. <laughs> the farmer's walk, right?、Uh, yes, burpees. But isn't、yeah. the name of this gym Four SC CrossFit?、Uh, it's four seasons. So every season, you know, you have different flavor of a、uh, work. They call it what workout of the days. So, so no matter what the season is, you could come here to train.、Mm-hmm. We try to accommodate as many people as possible. Got it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anything else you want to add here? No, I think you've got it covered.、Uh-huh. Yeah. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great.、Wow, this is great.、Yeah. Yes. And、uh, oh, do you、uh, plan on getting more、um, investment, like say from VC firms, to expand?、Uh, 
4SC CrossFit, or is that not necessary? Well, I think uh, the first thing is that uh, gym is, it, it, if you really want to make fast money, gym is not the right topic. <laughs> uh, okay, right. Well, okay. If, if you want to make some money out of the gym, well, mm-hmm. that's doable. Uh, for me, well, it, it can be some other, you know, just like the program that I'm, I'm, uh, I'm uh, alluding to, right? Mm-hmm. You could license the program to yes. other gyms out there. So mm-hmm. you don't really have to build a new gym. Right. 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 You want to scale. This, this mm-hmm. is like, you know, you want to prove it works. Mm-hmm. It's better to have your gym mm-hmm. first mm-hmm. because you can, you can control every element of the, mm-hmm. you know, things mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Then you could, right. Speaking of control, how often are you here looking out after? Well, for, for now, when it gets started, uh, when it got started like uh, a few months ago, I, I had to be here like 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. Oh, wow. For three wow. months. Oh, wow. Really? wow. For three months. Oh, wow. I have to figure out a lot of things. So yeah, I was the yeah. acting chief operating officer oh, as at that time. Right. Uh, right? Yeah. COO. You had yes, to be here. Yes, yes, yes. you have three other partners, don't you? Not? Yes, yes. So uh, because there's another gym out there, right? Okay. Then after that, we hired a professional, like a operational manager. Mm. Right? She took care of everything. So I'm released from that yes, part of the operation. Daily, yeah. Now for me, it's like uh, maybe 20% of my time. I'll be here. 20%. So basically like two days per week, you're here. Less than two days. Less than two days okay. per mm-hmm. week. Yes. And the operations manager runs the gym. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And you trust them. Because yes. You interview them. Yes. And vet them out very carefully. Mm-hmm. She's young. She's professional. She's been in the business for 12 years. Uh, uh, she's only in her early 30s yeah, yeah. but okay. she's been in the business for 12 years right oh <laughs> wow okay, okay. okay. Yeah, that brings up a really important point just as a leader or a yeah. businessman yeah how important it is to delegate you have to delegate you have to, to delegate yes. anything capable yes. people yes and you have to trust them and you have to trust your vetting process mm-hmm. correct yes mm-hmm. otherwise you will be micromanaging a lot of things and it wouldn't grow at yes. all because uh, you know right. if you are doing this like a strong man I mean strong man this is really strong man mm-hmm. you want to control everything every mm-hmm. part of the moving pieces mm-hmm. it's not going to scale mm-hmm. and right. team members well members of your team they will suffer right right yeah. so yeah. we're lucky now to have hired a young lady right <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah anyone who wants to start a business it's really important to hire top people who are specialists in their yeah, yeah. proven fields and who you can vet out and trust yes. because yes. otherwise your business will not grow. You will not be a yeah. micromanager forever. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And, uh, yeah. And the size of the gym, you couldn't micromanage everything. It's a, it's a bit <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> too much. Too it's a bit too much. It's yeah, a bit too, too much. How many square feet do you have here? Uh, 10,000. More than 10,000 square feet. Square feet. Okay. Yeah, okay. square feet. Wow. Oh, no. It's, it's way more than that. More than that. Maybe 10,000 square meters. Yes, 10,000. Which is actually like thirty to 40,000 square feet. Yes. Man, that is yeah. huge. Yeah. Again, the only... The only drawback, the only problem was finding the place. <laughs> well, I, I told TH that he, they have to put signs with arrows outside pointing... Uh, the average people 
the fine we're, we're, we're inside the campus uh yeah you know, yeah that tricky, gate tricky. maybe you need to put something outside the gate yeah yeah we, we have to struggle with uh, some yeah. signage yeah, yeah. But, that's the least of your worries. You'll, yeah. You will get that. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. once you're in front of the place, you cannot miss it because there's a big illuminated sign. Yeah. That's about maybe 20 feet tall by 15 feet Yeah, because we, we, we had enough complaints, so we decided to <laughs> <laughs> They couldn't find the place. Where are you? Yeah. And what you're going to need to do what they used to do in New York is like have someone stand out with flyers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Out head out. Flyers. Oh, no, 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 no. All the time. You know? yeah. We did that once. We did that once before we had that. <laughs> <I think. laughs> okay, yeah. Thank you so much. Sure, yeah, sure. Yeah. Right. And that's a wrap from our event at 4SC CrossFit on January 19th, where we met with and spoke with our past guests, J.D. Chang, John Eastwood, Jerome Keating, and T.H. So what are you waiting for? To support the Talking Taiwan election tour, visit TalkingTaiwan.com forward slash support or share this episode with a friend. Now it's time for you to show us some love. Rate us on Spotify or if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Audible, leave us a review there. It helps others to discover Talking Taiwan. To learn more about any of the items mentioned in this episode, visit our website, TalkingTaiwan.com. There we'll list any related links. Thank you for listening to another episode of Talking Taiwan. I'm your host, Felicia Lin. Talking Taiwan is brought to you by Forumosa.com.